Welcome, one and all, to another chapter of Delayed Effect. My name is Packy, I'm your host, and this is chapter four of this somewhat mediocre little show of mine. I, uh, I'm afraid this one's probably going to be pretty short. Um, I'm incredibly, incredibly tired. <laughs> But uh, I wanted to be sure that I at least got this episode out and uploaded for your listening pleasure on its scheduled day of release. Because technically still here on the West Coast, uh, Packy Standard Time, it is, in fact, still Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, still counts. Yeah, phone's going off. Leave me alone. I'm podcasting. <sighs> um, I had a fairly, fairly rough, no, I shouldn't say rough, uh, busy last few days. Um, what was supposed to have been my weekend ended up being taken up by other various projects. Uh, for those that don't know, my current living situation is in fact back in with my parents due to some eh, I don't really say unfortunate circumstances but just life going the way that it did um but that's you know for another chapter but for now uh because of things happening the way that they did I ended up moving back in with my parents while in doing so I of course took control of my old bedroom and it's funny because, you know, when, when I first moved out, I, I had a U-Haul truck for all of my shit, but that's because I had a lot more furniture. When I moved out of the apartment that I lived in, um, actually, I didn't really move out so much. I mean, I took some of my stuff over periodically to the new house. But when it came to moving the bulky items, I was out of town. <laughs> My friends did that for me. Uh, it 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 wasn't that I planned this trip while they were moving. I actually had uh, planned it beforehand, and then my roommate at the time decided he wanted to get married, and him and his fiance wanted to get a house together. So it became a a whole kind of predicament where. I had to uh, get all my shit out of the apartment. And, you know, they were cool because they found a house that in which I could live with them, which was pretty neat. And I just kept taking stuff over to the new house, just little boxes here and there, just threw them in the garage. And then I had this trip prearranged before they even decided to get married. So, 
you know, they, they completely understood and all of my friends did. So that was kind of funny that I just left stuff for people to move out for me. And it was really weird because I left the apartment, went on the trip and came back to the house. So it was, it was really weird to, uh, experience it in that fashion. But nevertheless, uh, when the time came that I was to move out of that house, I got rid of even more shit than I did before in my previous two moves. And the move from the house to my parents' house was pretty pretty fucking easy. I mean, it took me longer to pack than it did to move the stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I got everything moved over in one trip with a truck. I think it was like a Oh, what kind of fucking truck was that? I, I think it's the equivalent of like a, a Toyota Tacoma, basically. Uh, that plus my Toyota Yaris, which is a it's a three door hatch with the the back seats knocked down. I just throw everything in that, and then everything in the truck, and bam, that's it. That's all it took. And then, so last week, I I, I prefaced all that or rather I preface this story with all of that to explain why last week we got a dumpster here. And it was kind of cool because you could rent, um, I don't know if they have many different sizes, but the one we did could, um, it was like holds up to like 2000 pounds or some shit like that. Uh, anyway, it was, it was kind of neat. You know, they dropped it off and we just started throwing things away. And uh, <laughs> I got rid of even more shit. I went through, finally was able to go through all of my boxes from when I moved in and downsized everything into smaller boxes. And what I realized I didn't actually want, I just threw away in the dumpster. Or if it was something I could donate, then I just took it up to the either Goodwill or Salvation Army, whichever was more um, available or not available. What's the word I'm looking for? Convenient at the time. I'm really tired right now, <laughs> as I've previously stated. Um, so we got, we got everything thrown in the dumpster and that ignited something in me to, uh, just keep going. So I, that's why I kept, you know, downsizing all my shit, packing it into smaller boxes, making more room in my already not so sizable bedroom. And I remember when I used to live here, it was extremely hard for me to keep this room clean with all the shit that I had. It wasn't that I was necessarily a slob or anything like that. It's just, I had a lot of crap and it was hard for me to, to keep it somewhat clean with all the shit that I had. And now it's like, it's funny to see a carpet in here <laughs> uh, because of the fact that I have a bigger bed now than I used to then too. So the floor space is even more limited now, but I, it's like ever since we moved out, of, I had the same problem at the apartment because basically all of my shit here went to the apartment and that room was even smaller. So it was like after we moved into the, the other house that my best friend and his at the time fiance now wife own 
<laughs> when I got there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it a point to keep this fucker clean. So that's when I started going through my shit, realizing what I don't need, getting rid of a whole bunch of crap. And it's really nice because, you know, ultimately I would love to be able to just have all of my life able to fit into a car. Granted, I know that's not entirely possible because um, I have a full-size bed. (laughs) That already is ultimately defeated because as spacious as uh, a three-door yard three-door hatch yaris is one cannot fit a full-size mattress and box springs inside of it comfortably while still having enough room to drive and you know exist (laughs) so yeah but uh that's that's kind of like my my ultimate goal is like because because I know I'm not obviously staying here forever that would be stupid that'd be a terrible life decision I mean I love my parents but no <laughs> I shouldn't be here right now uh, hell I probably should have moved out sooner than I did in the first place but nevertheless you know it's when, when the time comes that I'm officially going to be able to start my life, which is hopefully soon. Um, I want it to be an easy move. I don't want to have a whole lot of shit to have to transport. But, you know, getting back to why I'm actually so tired. um, So Thursday rolled around and uh, Thursday and Friday are, in fact, my weekends for those that don't know. And Thursday rolled around, and I completely forgot the night before to turn off my alarm to wake me up at 5.30 in the morning. Well, lo and behold, 5.30 comes around, and my alarm blares off right in my ear. Immediately shut it off and just go, fuck. God damn it. So I turn the alarms off, and I roll over, and then I realize, well, shit, now that I'm awake, I have to go pee. So I get up to go pee. Uh, do my biz and uh, my whiz biz and my dad's awake and is essentially like oh you're awake alright let's do this fuck <laughs> you know but it, it ended up working out really well because you know we got everything done we needed to really early you know with when when I was sitting down taking a break at what felt like what should have been around noon I looked at the clock and it was barely 9 a.m. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. Getting up early on your days off gives you more time to do shit. But as I previously stated, I already had the bug in my system. So it's like from that point on, I just just kept cleaning and unpacking, which actually at the end of the day really upset me because whereas I was extremely productive and got done what really needed to get done, I didn't play a lick of music the entire day, you know, and, and that that's the thing is like when I have a day off, that's what I like to work on. I, I like to be able to just sit down and just start hammering out riffs, you know, figuring out more and more music to throw into these songs that I'm trying to create. And I didn't even get a chance to sit down and play one fucking note because I was so fixated on what I was doing. <laughs> it, it, 
it, it, I wasn't completely devoid of, of all music though. In fact, the, the last leg of the day was spent with me going through a stack of old CDs and just like putting them in the CD player, listening, seeing what they were and subsequently throwing them away. <laughs> the majority of them, I actually ended up keeping some because they had some good music on them, but I found a lot of music from high school and it's amazing. I did not try and hit on all the boys with some of the stuff that I listened to. Um, Oddly enough, that, that'll lead directly into the topic I wanted to discuss for this episode that I mentioned at the end of uh, last week's. Rather, I guess it was still technically this week because it came out late. But at the end of Chapter 3, I, I made reference to a specific talk topic, but I'll get to that in a minute. So uh, my night ended with me just listening to some music, kind of reminiscing to the the days of old that were high school and a little bit before. And, you know, it was kind of cool flashbacks, memories, things like that. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. That's one of the things I love so much about music is for me specifically, it's, it's, I, I can listen to a song that I have not heard in God knows how many years. And I can pick it up just like I heard it the other day. I'll start singing along with it before I even realize I remember the lyrics I'll start allowing these memories to just flood back in of a specific moment in time where that song meant something to me. Like the darkness, I believe in a thing called love. I got my first kiss to that song. So whenever I hear that, that moment just floods back into my mind. Like it just happened. And, uh, it's, it's just little things like that. You know, it, it ranges from, from anything to high school to before, to I there's oh god what song is it I think it's the mighty quinn by Herman's Hermits I hear that song and I have this vivid memory of sitting in the back seat of a car with my brothers when I was like 5 I don't know why I don't know I I don't know what would specifically link it to that memory. I even remember the fact that it was either me or my brother was wearing a, a total nineties jean jacket. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's just the, the, it's amazing how things just link to, uh, to each other, especially when it comes to music, you know, you can, you can hear a specific part of a song and it'll just take you back to that moment and not only take you back to that moment, you'll you'll start actually experiencing and feeling what happened in that moment it, it could be something from 10 15 years ago and it'll just flood back into you as if it just happened <laughs> it's it's incredible i mean you know i i can remember the songs that i would listen to for for breaking up or even even better yet songs that were were linked to old girlfriends you know that you know they showed me this song you know that this was a song that they played and they said this makes me think of you and i remember you know i i can listen to that song and go back to that moment where they said that to me 
and subsequently the moments shortly after when they broke up with me and the feeling of, of sorrow and, and regret and, and the, the mourning that, you know, you have for the death of a relationship, all of that, I just, I feel it again. Not, I mean, not obviously in the, the utmost capacity in which I experienced it before, I mean, I'm not sitting there going through heartbreak all over again, completely. But uh, it's it's still it's still a powerful thing. This uh, this world of music and and it it just I'm, I'm so ecstatic to to hopefully have a shot, just even a small chance to become a part of that world. That that's I mean it. That's one of the main reasons why I want to get so heavily involved in the musical world is because of of this ability to just connect with people on a whole different level. I mean, music is one of those universal languages. It's kind of like sign language, in a sense. So, well, no, I guess not 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 the actual um language of sign language. You know the 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 words and 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 sentences that you can create using certain hand gestures but i mean it's just the gestures in general like like a wave or a smile i mean you don't smile at someone and they take offense to it usually unless they're an asshole but or they're just having a really bad day why is that fucker smiling at me you know it's like you know a, a smile is universally known as a good gesture a wave is universally known as a means of saying hello, you know, and, and music somewhat falls into the same category. It's, it's just, a, it's a universal connection that the artist has a chance to make with the listener or, or even not, not even with the listener, but the artist has a chance to facilitate you know, by by way of allowing the listener to connect with this song in whatever moment they're experiencing, as I was mentioning before, and just just the the idea that that I could even create something to do what so many others have done for me, and and just be able to contribute back to this society and this this world is is huge. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not so big in it to think that I, I'm going to create something brand new or revolutionize the wheel, so to speak, but I don't think I'm terrible at it. I mean, I, I've got a decent sense of, of what it takes to creatively put words together in such a fashion that it can be interpreted, you know, in, in uh, multiple different ways. I'm, I'm not a great writer. I'm not by any means a writer at that. But, but you know, when I get in the zone and I just start hammering out lyrics, it's <laughs> I, I look at them the next day and go, "Holy shit, who was that guy? <laughs> Why isn't he that guy all the time?" <laughs> you know, but. I just, I, I really hope that 
that this goes where I'm hoping it'll go. And I'm, I'm really excited to be taking steps towards that. But anyway, um, as I was saying before that last week, or rather last episode, I, I mentioned at the end of the show, I believe it was that, that I wanted to talk about concerts because, uh, last weekend I went and saw well a few different bands, but namely Weezer was playing and they were inadvertently the reason why my show is uh, so late and coming out. Um, and, and also to touch upon the, the subject of concerts more recently, uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, one of the other reasons I'm so tired, uh, aside from the early, early to rise long day of overhaul cleaning and the next day of working 10 hours at a landscaping job. Then the next day of getting up early to go to work after work yesterday, I, uh, went and snagged my brother from another mother, my bromosexual, my longtime compatriot, Joel, who you've heard on uh, Down the Bunny Hole a couple times. I went and picked him up from, from his house, my old house, and we hit the road towards Tacoma to the Emerald Queen Casino. Yeah, Emerald Queen Casino. <laughs> Because uh, there was a, a tour going on called the Under... No, not Under. It's uh, Under the Sun? Yeah, I guess it is Under. Under the Sun tour or something like that. Uh, th- there was a cool... Like three or four... Uh, well, three bands that we knew of. Four definitely playing. But one in specific that we really wanted to see was Eve Six. Which, you know, unfortunately, we actually missed. <laughs> we just we got there as soon as we could. But apparently... Apparently Eve 6 opened, and that's weird. Okay, so it was Eve 6, Sugar Ray, Better Than Ezra, and Uncle Cracker. I've never heard of Better Than Ezra. Out of all four of those bands, I'm pretty sure Better Than Ezra was the one that was the least popular. Why wouldn't they open? I don't understand that. It went Eve 6, Sugar Ray, Better Than Ezra, and Uncle Cracker. I mean, okay, obviously seeing Eve 6 at the end of that lineup would be my personal preference because they're my favorite of all four. So we didn't even get to hear a single note played by them. It was it was pretty fucking awful. But, you know, when we got there, um, there was a sound check going on. So we thought, oh, maybe we made it just in time. And then Sugar Ray started playing, which, by the way, I wasn't like the the most gigantic Sugar Ray fan. Any hit song that came out, I enjoyed. I bought their album, uh, was it 14, 1459 or something like that? Or the, the one that had Every Morning on it and uh, Someday and uh, what's that song called? All the Thing? No. I I don't remember the name of it. That, but, you know, they played all these hit songs, and it was really cool. I mean, I bought that album. It was great. But, it, you know, I think that was the only one of their albums I ever had purchased. And other than that, it was just whatever played on the radio or music videos. 
Um, but yeah, they did a great job, but they, you know, they were in the middle of their set and Mark McGrath is like, you know, we got some great bands coming up better than Ezra and uncle cracker. You guys pretty excited. And I look over at Joel and I'm like, he didn't say you six. Do you find that weird? And Joel's like, yeah, that's a little strange. And so we, uh, we, we look back to the people behind us and you're like, is there a reason he didn't say you six? And they're like, yeah, they already played. And we're like, what? They opened? That That's so weird. And it's odd because, you know, in, in all of the promotion for this, it seemed like Eve 6 was the one that everyone was talking about. Eve 6 was the one that was like, hey, we're doing this, this, and this. I don't understand why they would start the show. I mean, I guess, you know, it could stand to reason the best band comes out first and the rest just you know, after that. But <laughs> it, it seemed it's just with the, the common structure that is in place for concerts, usually it's like the, the no-name band, especially for a, a multiple headlining tour. It seems like, like the no-name people open first and then the the next band comes out and then maybe the next known band and then the big headliner comes out. You know, like like when, when Joel and I went and saw Angels and Airwaves with Weezer, Weezer was the headlining band. Angels and Airwaves played before them and then some I don't even remember who played before that. It was it was nobody. It was like the band, the warm up band, getting the crowd ready. Eve Six is not a warm up band. <laughs> not even a little bit. I I don't know, and, and for them to in in that in that structure, that means they were all basically opening for Uncle Cracker. Okay, the guy's talented. I'll give him that. All of his hit songs are catchy, but he's not a headliner like the other ones. Not not to me anyway. I don't know. It was weird, but you know, nevertheless, it was a great show. I mean. Like I said, he's talented. His performance was great. Sugar Rays was awesome. Better than Ezra. Never heard of them before. Joel recognized one of their songs. I recognized one of the songs they played because it was a cover of Feel Good Inc. by the Gorillas, and it was really actually pretty awesome. They did great. Um You know, and it was at a casino, so you know, we we drank some beers, walked around, and people watched a little bit, which was funny. There was one guy that was slouched down and to the right sitting in his chair but he was kind of like half off leaning to the right just hitting his buttons like the guy looked like he'd probably been sitting there for 20 years another person we walked by was laying on the floor with uh, security around them because they hit a jackpot and either passed out from excitement or had a heart attack (laughs) i don't know which um but I was trying to convince Joel to walk up and try and steal their ticket since, hey, they clearly weren't using it. It just seems like a waste to just let it sit there. I mean, you might as well put it to good use, right? <laughs> um, then we got some food and just, you know, walked around for a bit. And then in Tacoma, if, for those that don't know, if I, I live basically in Portland over in Oregon. And uh, so Tacoma is about a two and a half hour drive, give or take. Um, a drive I'm quite familiar with. <laughs> if you listen to the 
8-Bit PackyCast, you'd know why. Um, actually, you might not know why, but uh, I'll just say my uh, my ex-girlfriend that I was dating during the struggling years of the struggling years, the struggling weeks and months of uh, 8-Bit PackyCast, she lived in Tacoma, so the that was the main reason why my show and down the bunny hole for that matter were, were, uh, slacking so much was because I was always making the drive up to see her. I I shouldn't say it like that. It makes it sound like I'm the only one that ever put in effort. That's not true. Um, I, but I was, I, I obviously had the better vehicle, the more fuel efficient one. So why not? And, you know, she had, a kid up there and, you know, family and things like that. And I had nothing to do with my time. So <laughs> obviously other than podcast anyway. Uh, so I, you know, I was, I was always driving up there to spend time with her. So I got, I became quite familiar with the trip, you know, with, with the distance, with the drive, um, in such a way that, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I'm well and good with with the situation, you know. I've come to terms with everything with that and you know, couldn't couldn't be happier with the way my life is going now with the, with this new direction that I found. It's it's given me hope and focus and and drive and motivation and desire to want to do something great. But you know, I I still get those those moments that kind of flood back in and in that drive especially is where they hit because I drive by uh, drive up I five North to get there. I mean, just, I drive by all these spots. I just glance over and I see it's a store. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's where this happened or that's where we went because of this, or that's near this spot. You know, it's like all these things. I'm just like, eh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know, the moment passes and I'm fine. And it helped to have uh, my best friend there too, because <laughs> he's a fucking funny motherfucker. Which you know, I've I've said this before. I want to get him on. Probably, I think this show would be good because that way we can just kind of sit back, relax, and bullshit, not have any specific uh, direction or anything to talk about. Just talk about us. <laughs> so, I'd like to do that. But um, yeah the so the drive itself is about two and a half hours, give or take. You know, to get to the the heart of Tacoma it's uh for for those that are familiar with the area i don't know how many of my listeners would be but there's a a spot in Tacoma called the Tacoma Dome which looks like a basically a giant boob <laughs> with a tassel on the nipple and uh um that that's kind of a a, a hot spot you know for conventions and things like that in the Tacoma area and the casino's just north of that by a few miles, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Tacoma Dome itself is actually the... Uh, it, it brings back some cool memories of... I want to say it was maybe 2009 or 10 that uh we traveled up there Joel and I again of course the, a lot of my stories involve him just get used to it we drove up there with uh my mom his sister and one of our old work friends and her husband to see ACDC 
it was it was kind of a whim because they came out with the not their latest album, which is I believe it's Rock or Bust, but the one before that called Black Ice. And I ordered it on the website because I'm like, yeah, I love ACDC. You know, that's the reason that my first electric guitar is shaped the way that it is, like the SG models, because Angus played that. I I had to have it. Um. So yeah, ACDC was playing. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get that. And then in the midst of ordering it, I found out you could sign up to become part of this exclusive club and get these like wicked awesome, you know, pre-orders on tickets and things like that. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I did that. And, um, I found out I could get two tickets on the floor of the show for a decent price. So I'm like, yeah, of course I did that. I think we were in like row 14 or something like that. We were off to the very, very left side of the floor. So we didn't like see the stage really up close, but you know, they had the big, uh, like catwalk that ran out the middle. Cause you know, Angus likes to go in his Coke fueled solo benches and just run around the stage like a little fucking drug addict and just like run up and down that catwalk, drop on the floor and spin around like Homer Simpson, you know, while playing his solos and everything like that. And, uh, and that's what he did and that's that's what they did and it was a great show the the only thing that i i always held against it was that the acoustics of that that specific dome seemed to absorb the sound rather than bounce it around so it it just didn't sound very good in terms of you know depth and and acoustics you know um it didn't ruin the music at all. I mean, it was ACDC live right in front of you. What are you going to do? Say, no, this sucks. No, you're going to respect your fucking rock elders <laughs> and enjoy the show. Uh, one, I remember, uh, Oh fuck. They had a band called the answer open for them. I think they're from the UK. They're fucking awesome. The, the dude is at, at the time. I think he was, uh, was 22 he had a voice like fucking uh, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. And, and their music sounded like something of like a mashup of ACDC and and, uh, and just other bands from that era. And, and I haven't listened to them lately, but I bought that first album on iTunes, I think it was, that they came out with. And uh, that's fucking good. I, I was that that was one of the few times I was thoroughly blown away by the opening act so much that I had to go and find out more about them. So that was a pretty fucking awesome show overall. Um But uh trailing back, let's see. So the first concert I went to was back in high school. It it must have been senior year, and, and the reason why I was saying that the music on these CDs that I was listening to earlier uh, reminded me of these concerts because <laughs> uh, I believe this is my first time publicly admitting this to an open forum that anybody could hear, but um, I was very much into the music of the Insane Clown Posse back in high school. It, it Actually, not high school. It specifically, it was senior year. It wasn't the entirety of all four years. It it happened on a fucking fluke, you know. I was I was playing a, some online text-based game with my friends, and there was a clan in the game called the Dark Lotus Clan, and I'm like, well, that's kind of a cool name. And and uh, God, I don't even remember how I happened upon it, but I was just looking up music on one of those P2P file downloading server sharing something or other 
programs way back when, and I saw the name Dark Lotus pop up, and I thought, whoa, that's kind of cool. That's the name of the clan in the game, so I downloaded it and listened to the song. It was called uh, Call Upon Your Gods. I'm like, wow, this this isn't bad. Because, you know, I mean, at the time, I, I wasn't really into rap very much, but I wasn't against it. I've I've always been pretty open when it comes to music. It's, it's never been a, uh, like, oh, well, I don't like that. I'm not going to listen to it. You know, it's like, I don't give anything a shot. So I listened to it. I'm like, wow, this this isn't bad. You know, it's like, this is catchy. It's fun. It's dark. It's It's got a, you know, abysmal connotations to it you know and that's fucking high school so it's relatable and that led to me just looking at more of their music and then uh i'm like well that's fucking awesome i don't even remember how that led to me finding icp's music but for those that don't know dark lotus was like a super group that uh icp and some other uh characters i want to say uh, some other musicians artists from their record label formed i think it was a uh, icp twisted and uh abk and isham i think or something like that formed dark lotus it, it it changed from when the first album came out to the rehash of the first album to the second album to the third one even um but you know, I listened. I'm like, okay, that's that's awesome. So I found a few more, and I I don't know how that led to me actually finding ICP's music because I didn't know that was them. I didn't know that was the Insane Clown Posse in Dark Lotus, and and I ended up somehow finding uh, a couple tracks from ICP's fourth album called The Great Malenko, and I kept listening to them. I'm like, well, these are funny, and at the time, I still didn't know that those that and the call upon your gods I was listening to were the same people in both bands. And, uh, eventually I I did. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. And I just started downloading all of their music. Just anything I can get my hands on. I'm like, wow, this is, this stuff just, it, it was fun because I, I've always had a thing for, uh, post-apocalyptic or not just post I've always had a thing for just apocalyptic storytelling and you know they, they always said you know there was a great uh, a, a great end coming you know it's like an ap- apocalypse is basically what they're saying is coming you know some, something's coming to just just end it all and uh, and they, they always said it was like after their joker cards had fallen then the end would come and I mean I I never fully fucking believed that it would happen, but, but I enjoyed the theatrics of it and, and the theme that they, they placed around the carnival because, you know, when I was a kid, killer clowns from outer space was probably the movie I avoided because it scared the shit out of me. But at a certain point I faced that fear. I, I wasn't afraid of clowns. It was just those clowns. And then at a certain point I faced the fear of that movie and watched it and laughed my ass off. And like, it just, it, you know, things relating to clowns from that point on just always seemed like me overcoming some kind of an obstacle in, in some weird, strange way. So I, uh, I just found myself really drawn to their music because I love that, that carnival aspect. 
you know, it was different. It, and that's the thing too. It was completely different than anything else I'd hear in the, in the norm of a day. And that's what spoke to me a lot too, is like, well, this is, these are people that aren't just riding the train of success that everybody else is that you hear, you know, these guys are just doing their own fucking thing because it's what they want to do. And I think, it, yeah, I think it was senior year their their sixth album in that whole Joker card era came out and I, I bought that one and that was, <laughs> that one was funny that that's one that had the big reveal that like, Oh, the, the truth is the whole time that they've been talking about God and leading people to the promised land and blah, blah, blah. And not leading people to promised land per se, but just like trying to, you know, just let people know that there's some greater power out there. And, you know, if, if you want to believe in it, there it is. You know, the truth is we've been behind it the whole time, despite the fact that our music says we're killing people <laughs> in, in, in that vein though, um, one of their songs always kind of explained that for me in saying that, uh, you know, let our music do the killing for you. And, and to me that always said, you know, if you're ever feeling angry and, and pent up with this rage and this desire to just want to cause some kind of harm or just, you know, have some kind of emotional outburst, just let our music channel that for you give you, give you an outlet and I think that's another thing that always drew me to their music because teenage years, angsty breakups, homework, the, the fact that I was in a religious fucking institution for high school, <laughs> I just, just, I had all of these different thoughts and emotions running around that I just needed something to help channel that and funnel it into something. And there it was just so happened to be somewhere that I could, <laughs> dress it up with clown paint but um so all of that was mentioned to lead to the fact that my very first concert that I ever went to I I guess I shouldn't say very first concert I ever went to because I went to some when I was a kid with my parents but the uh, the first concert I ever attended without a chaperone was an insane clown posse concert and it was fun those fucking juggalos are insane. They're such a wild, wacky bunch, especially if you get them all together, because it's cool. I mean, by and large, they can be idiots. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to say that in a negative way. It's just, they, they just like to sit there and just beat the shit out of each other for fun, you know, or just, I don't know, just cause some kind of harm to each other. But it's, it's not, it's not a, from a point of aggression. It's just like wrestling, you know, it's, which is obviously, or uh, which is also tied to the the ICP community. They they had their own wrestling league for a while, or some shit like that. And I think they were actually in the WCW, off and on. Um, but anyway, you know that they just they they have all of this these hormones and this <laughs> this aggression that they want to get out, and then they and they mutually agree to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Uh, it's it's weird, but but it's also fun because you know, they're they're like I said they're not doing it in a negative way to to where they want to kill each other. They're just doing it to get this aggression out, like people that like to fight each other. And uh, and also aside from that, it's it's like one giant family. 
I mean, nobody there is, is there to rip the other person off. They all realize that they're there to all enjoy this mutually exclusive entertainment. And it, and it's amazing that the, the camaraderie that, that exists for all of these fans. I mean, you know, it eventually got to the point where people say, oh, well, you're not a real juggler. You just, you just like certain songs, you know, and there's always going to be those people. And, but you know, it's like for, for the time being, it's like after that point, I started buying some merchandise, you know, Hot Topic had t-shirts, hats, things like that. I, I would order bundles off their website and I would, I'd wear the merchandise out and about and I get other fans recognizing it and they'd walk up and be like, Hey, cool. You know, you're into that. I'm into that. And we just connect and just have a nice chat, a nice, honest to God conversation about the music and and what we think of it, you know, where it came from, how it's different. And it was never, you know, the the one guy would say, well, I, you know, I don't like this album because this, this, and this, like, Oh, I actually thought it was kind of cool. You know, we could, we could express our opinions without fear of being, you know, of being chastised for it you know it's it was it's it's the weirdest sense of camaraderie with those fans with with all of them it's 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 funny and and at the same time it was really comforting to know that this thing that i was into that there was a lot of fucking people out there that had the exact same feeling i did and you know that that eventually died off. And I do go back occasionally and still listen to the music because you know, like I was saying before, it all takes me back to a moment in time that I can relive. And I'll even still keep tabs on what they're still doing these days. I I, I think I have bought every single album that's come out just for fun. You know, it's it's mindless. It's it's like like I was saying before. It's it's a point or rather a source for me to channel and funnel my emotions. And they've always found a way to do that. It's really kind of cool. You know, if I ever need something to just get good and angry at, I can just listen to fuck the world or something like that, you know, or, or the, the tilt a whirl, you know, or things like that. It's got the entire fucking Jekyll brothers album is is one of my favorites it's it's just it's so much fun it's just it's good theatrics and uh not to mention those those concerts are incredibly fun i mean they're sitting there spraying that that cheap soda around on everybody you know they 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 specifically use diet soda because it apparently doesn't sting your eyes like the regular one does i guess but they're taking that, spraying it everywhere. They're they're filling up water guns, just spraying the crowd, getting you soaked, bouncing off of trampolines, throwing water bottles out. <laughs> I remember I caught a water bottle out of midair and just grabbed it and put it in my pocket. One guy was like, "Nice catch, dude!" And uh, and Joel was <laughs> they they were throwing the the soda bottles around, and he grabbed it and just shoved it down his pants, but he didn't realize that he shoved it uh, face down. And that it was open, and the whole two liter just went just completely washed into his underwear and his entire uh, crotchal region. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. 
And, uh, yeah, it's, it was just, it was a good concert for my first concert to go to. I, I don't think I could have picked a better one because that, that sense of, of everyone being there for the same thing. And, you know, that camaraderie, that, that brotherhood of sorts, you know, it's as cheesy as it sounds and as, as terrible as it is to have to associate it with, um, <laughs> this, this band that is, a very negatively negatively seen in the public eye um i i don't regret it i'm not ashamed of it of course i always wanted the uh some kind of a icp tattoo and really glad i didn't get one (laughs) not not knocking anybody that has one like you know like i've always said if you have a tattoo of something that's awesome you know it's 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 funny because you know it's like the people the only people that uh that will not knock you for not having a tattoo or rather the only people that will not knock you for having a tattoo are other tattoo people. <laughs> so, you know, you might look at something and go, well, that's kind of a stupid tattoo to get, but you're not going to sit there and, and question why they have a tattoo. You're just going to question why they have that tattoo, but you know, um, yeah, I'm really glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> um, Subsequently from, from that, I did go see Twisted a couple times too. They're, they're really fun as well. Completely different kind of, of that horror core rap music, but same kind of show altogether. Uh, let's see that. That didn't lead to anything else. Um, Bowling for Soup saw them. That was a fun concert. It was on their Get Happy Tour back in 08, I think it was. It was after, uh, uh, what was it called? The Hangover You Don't Deserve came out, I believe. And uh, it, was, it was great. Uh, I bought t-shirts for Joel and I. Again, Joel, he's going to be in all of these. <laughs> uh, it says, I'm gay and so is Bowling for Soup. Because they had a song come out called I'm Gay, which you know is obviously expressing the uh, the original definition of it, meaning I'm happy, I'm ecstatic, things like that. Uh uh, we bought that. We got into the concert. We got right up to the front of the stage. The The lead guitarist winked at Joel. The lead singer flashed the rock-on horns at me, came up and posed for my camera. Back then, my shitty little Samsung flip phone camera. Um, <laughs> you know, and one of the one of the best things I ever took away from that concert, aside from the fact that they rocked the fucking house, is the opening bands uh there there was one other band i don't remember who they were but i do remember that the lead singer got a bloody nose but i don't remember who the band was um but they also toured with uh army of freshmen and melee and army of freshmen i i think it's it's weird they're a band that sounds much better live than they do on cd and that's completely backwards but that's just how i feel about it and melee is uh, by and large there, there's uh, what's that CD called? Devils and Angels, I think. Breathtakingly awesome album. Uh, the the lead singer, his name's Chris Cron, I believe, is a whiz on the keyboard. I mean, the way he plays it live is is fucking phenomenal. But the way he can incorporate it in all the songs, it's throwing in a little, you know, ivory solo like that. And while well, his guitarist Ricky hammers out this awesome little solo of his own and. 
that there's great. Um, I don't think they're a band anymore though, unfortunately, but the lead singer, Chris is off doing his own solo work, which I have yet to look into, but I'll, I always go back to devils and angels as a, as a fun album to listen to. And I, I kind of call melee one of my favorite accidental bands because I didn't intend to see them. I didn't, I didn't care. I was only there for bowling for soup, but I ended up, enjoying these other bands that came along so um yeah it was great uh let's see who else i saw death clock once which was pretty cool because they're a cartoon uh for those that don't know they're they're the band that is featured fictitious band that's featured in the cartoon metalocalypse which is a whole other discussion discussion altogether but the concert was cool because the the guy that created the show was obviously there playing guitar and singing along with his, whoever he hired on to be his bandmates. But then they had the the cartoon up on the screen, so you could see the the cartoon band performing as well as the live band, and it was great. But the only thing I didn't like about that is they they toured with Mastodon, and Mastodon I don't care for they all their music sounds the same, but Mastodon played like an hour and a half long, and then Death Clock came out and played for like forty minutes. I'm like now, the headlining band is supposed to play longer, right? <laughs> That's strange. But still, it's a great show. It was awesome to see. Um, oddly enough, I've never seen Blink One Eighty Two. You think I would have, but it just never happened. You know, because like by the time I started going to concerts, they had already almost broken up, I believe. And then when they got their reunion tour together. I think the only time they ever came through here was with the Warp Tour, and I didn't really want to go to that. I just wanted to go see Blink-182, but, oh well. I'll still get a chance just without Tom. Um, Angels and Airwaves, I've seen every time they've come through town. Uh, the first time I went, I, I got everybody that I knew. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this band's awesome. you got to come with me to see them. I mean, I, I got people together that I didn't even remember were there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm talking to the these people now and be like, yeah, I went inside angels. And everybody's like, yeah, I know I was there. I'm like, Oh yeah. Huh? <laughs> um, I don't remember who they toured with the first time I saw them. The second time, like I mentioned before, they were with Weezer, which is great. Cause Tom came out and sang the, the sweater song while Adam played the drums for it. That was cool. Third time. Don't remember who they played with, but, uh, that was a great show. Cause that was on my birthday and I was sick. I was just getting over this sinus infection then, and I was like, I almost didn't go. And then Joel's like, "Hey, dude, come on! You know what makes you what? What more to make you feel better than just go to an awesome concert and rock the disease away?" And sure, shit, he was right. I'm really glad I didn't pass up on that because it's the last fucking time they ever came through town, ever went on tour here in the states, anyway. Um, oh, let's see what else. Uh, Some forty-one. That was cool because I, I downloaded this app on my phone called Bands in Town, which tracks all these bands and where they're touring. If they're near you, it'll pop up. And I was looking at that, and I found out Sum 41 was playing two days later. And so I looked at Joel, I'm like, dude, you want to go? We've never seen them. and we, we really loved them in high school. We always listened to them. Matter of fact, our, our little uh, jam band that we had in high school, our other guitarist, uh, his name was Akio. He was a Japanese exchange student. Actually, we called them ESL students, but it means English is a second language or something like that. Um, he loved Sum 41, so a lot of his music that he created sounded like Sum 41. 
And uh, so, you know, by way of that, we always listen to some because we wanted to try and replicate the music we were all listening to. And plus, it was fun. I mean, who didn't love fucking Fat Lip or In Too Deep or The Hell Song or anything like that? Over My Head, I like that one. I think In Too Deep was always my favorite, though. Um, but of course, you know, this was well after uh, Dave Brown left the band and they became that kind of a... They were still a four-man four man band, or were they three? No, I think they had a fourth guy there doing the backup guitar, but he wasn't a band member. But, you know, it, it didn't have that that awesome element that Dave brought to the show because he was more of a metal guitar player and his solos reflected as such. But still, I mean, the, the, the fucking show is awesome. I mean, they played all the songs you wanted them to hear. And we know we got a little group of friends together that were all some 41 fans and just, ah, it was great. And then come to find out like two months after that, the drummer left which is weird because, you know, he was a, a integral or integral. He wasn't in, in, is integral, right? God, my fucking brain is not working right now. He was an important part to the, the lineup. I mean, he was the singer in a few of their original songs, original songs and a few of their earlier songs. Ugh. And it's, it's weird that he left, but I'm really glad we got to see him because, uh, it just wouldn't have been the same without him. Um, yeah, what else do we see? Uh, I have seen some on my own without him. Uh, Huey Lewis. That was a fun show because uh, uh, my mom actually bought the tickets to that and then she couldn't go. And I'm like, well, I don't want to lose this. So I went by myself. First concert I ever went to by myself. Not only that, but it was somewhere I'd never been. It was in a city called Goldendale, which is like wine country up in Washington. And I drove over east towards the, the gorge here in Oregon and took a, a sharp left turn, go north. And it was the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen. Just because, I mean, we have a lot of uh, trees here in the Northwest. I mean, you look in any direction, you just see like scapes and hillsides of trees going on for days but this was different. This was all like cliff rock sides and, and just this beautiful uh, sunshine off, like reflection off of those rocks and back. And it was, oh, it was gorgeous. I, I believe if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can look at my uh, photo albums. And I have one for Huey Lewis and I put the pictures up there. It was pretty cool. I'll try and throw them up on the Delayed Effect Facebook page too, which is a facebook.com forward slash D effect pod. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a cool concert because uh, we, she, my mom, when, when she buys tickets, she buys tickets, you know, she doesn't, no, we're not, we're just going to go. No, she wants to get really good seats. So it was like row 15 or something like that. And it was, it was awesome because I get there and I, I watched the opening act, which was an awesome dude named Matt Brown. He's a local Portland guy that, it was fucking great. I, I I went up and bought his album afterwards because I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> he has a he has an awesome song. His his guitar, I think it's a Telecaster. Uh, he named it Stella Blue because it's a kind of a a light baby blue color. And he wrote a song on his guitar for his guitar about his guitar. <laughs> 
And it always had one of my most favorite lines that I've ever heard in any song, which is, uh, unlike those other girls that just break my heart and leave once in a while, you'll only break one string. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking clever and, and very applicable being a guitar player for, you know, to myself, it made too much sense. So I, uh, I, I went and bought the album, shook his hand, had him sign it and everything. And I, I would love to go see him again. I keep trying to follow him, but anytime he has a show locally, I, I'm unable to go. But uh, he opened for Huey Lewis. And then after he did his show, somebody looked at me and said, hey, you've got this seat open next to you. Is anybody coming? I'm like, no, nah, the person who held the ticket couldn't end up making it. And they're like, do you want to trade with somebody so that we can have our family all sit together? I'm like, yeah, why not? I'm, why, what would be the harm in that? They said, okay, well, she's over there in the middle because I was seated off to the left. Like she's over there in the middle, but she's like four rows up or no, five rows up. And I'm like, you talked me into it. <laughs> so I, not only do I get to go to the middle section, so I'm like, you know, face front right with the stage, but I'm about five rows closer for when Huey Lewis and the news comes out. And uh, it was such a good show. <laughs> such a good show. That Just that whole experience alone just really rocked for me. It was an outdoor venue at the uh, Mary Hill winery in Goldendale, Washington. So it was, it was a vineyard, nice breeze blowing through lots of good beverages to be had. And it was, it was a bit terrifying because it's the first time I'd ever taken an excursion like that, taken an excursion like that on my own, let alone to a concert, just let alone on anything like that. So, I mean, that was kind of the, the beginning of my desire for adventure, so to speak, you know, like, like what's leading up to this San Francisco trip that, you know, at, at a certain point, I never would have dreamed of taking a trip like that on my own, but I'm looking forward to it more than anything else. And, uh, I, I just, I love the idea of just going somewhere, especially somewhere for something that is, a. Uh, going to lead to something very desirable, you know, potentially. It's not just going somewhere for the sake of going. It's, it's actually has a benefit and a, an end game and in an end game in sight. Is that right? God, I'm tired. <laughs> um, that was a great concert though. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Definitely on my, my list of top favorites. Um, let's see what else. ZZ Top, saw them just down the road from here. Opening band was Nashville Pussy, who I ended up enjoying so much that I went and saw them the next night at another local spot here in Portland because they said, yeah, you know, we're touring with ZZ Top, but we got this other show tomorrow night. And I'm like, these guys are fucking great. They're like hillbilly ACDC. <laughs> and their their lead guitarist is the the lead singer's wife. I always pronounce her name. I think it's Ruder Size. I think is her name. If you if you don't know her, you gotta look her up. At the very least, just look up Nashville Pussy lead guitarist. She is by far. Well, first off, it's incredibly fucking hot, the way she plays guitar. But she's one of the most talented guitarists I have ever seen in terms of just straight rock and roll. 
I mean, flawlessly embarking on these solo adventures that that's somebody that I've, I've only ever heard of something like that from Angus Young. Like, like it's, it's on par with him. That's how good it is. I mean, you, you gotta check it out. Look up live performances and, and they're, it's great music too. I mean, it's, it's good, solid hillbilly rock and roll just in your face. Fuck you. I've got a shot of whiskey and a middle finger up your nose and that's <laughs> yeah, good shit. Uh, eventually saw them again with Joel because I wanted him to experience this band. We went up to this dive bar in Seattle. Oh, dude, this place was like uh, about three solid farts from being blown down. And it, it was fitting. It was just so perfectly fitting for that, that band and that, that venue and everything it was just perfect. And uh, it was that was a fun place to go. Uh, it was definitely my favorite of the three concerts of seeing them because it it was just it fit their motif. You know, it's like if I could pick any one of the places for them to play at, it would be that one. Um, <laughs> oh, Weird Al saw him at the zoo, which is fun to say. <laughs> Surprisingly, one of the greater concerts I've been to because his stage performances or his stage presence rather is is incredible. So many costume changes. So many, especially during the Lady Gaga parody, uh, perform this way. I think he did like three different costume changes in the middle of that song alone. Um, came out dressed as the Jedi for the saga begins, came out in the fat suit for fat. Ah, that was great. Really awesome show. Um, Paul McCartney mom bought tickets to that. Cause that's her favorite. That's her angels and airwaves. If you will. Uh, she was a big Beatles head, or Beatles head. She was a big Beatle fan. Beatle head? What was I getting at with that? She's a big Beatles fan growing up, and so Paul was always her favorite. So when he started doing his own solo shit, and then he did Wings and all that, she was following him closely and finally sprung for a not cheap tickets in the 10th row, which was great. Like I said, when, when Mom and I go to concerts, when Mom goes to concerts, she goes for good seats. She will not sit in the nosebleeds. Um, speaking of nosebleeds, saw Aerosmith with Lenny Kravitz opening. That was all right. Lenny Kravitz is, eh, yeah, shut up and I want to watch Aerosmith. Got to that for free. Cause my brother worked at that convention center at the time. Um, at that same convention center was the first time I saw Weezer with the Foo Fighters. That was a good show. Um, although at the time I was actually pretty bored with it cause I don't know. I just, I wasn't into the Foo Fighters as much then at the concert itself. I remember saying that everything just kind of blended together, but it's cause I was there for Weezer, you know? So I've God, I've seen Weezer three times, angels three times, Nashville pussy three times. One of these guys has to <laughs> break the fucking tie here and, uh, give me, Give me a number one. Um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers opening act was Steve Winwood. That was that was awesome. That was good. Steve Winwood, uh, obviously the guitarist and singer for Traffic, uh, played uh, Mister Fantasy uh, or Dear Mister Fantasy. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. <laughs> That's such a good fucking song. 
Tom Petty was great. Totally fucking cheached out of his mind. Like, like every minute it's 420 for that guy. Like there was a power problem and the music just stopped playing. And he's like, what? That's weird. Oh, well. <laughs> like, whatever. That's funny. Um, God, who else have I seen? I'm sure there's so many more. Actually, you know, that might be it. I mean, I've I've gone to, you know, small-time gigs, you know, watch some some bands. Uh, one of my ex-girlfriends, her dad was a, a guitarist in a, a Yes tribute band, which was awesome. And uh, he, he did great. And the guy is a fucking phenomenal guitar player. He actually teaches at one of the local community colleges around here. I, was, I have a couple of his solo CDs, which are very, it's like progressive, very trippy, kind of spacey music. Not not like Angels and Airwaves, kind of space rock, but just very progressive and trippy. <laughs> it's really good, though. Um, oddly enough, he, he actually worked with my uh, one, of, one of my teachers that I didn't even know at the time, but uh, when I took some music production classes back in community college you know, many moons ago, uh, that guy ended up being a saxophone player that my ex-girlfriend's dad would play with from time to time. You know, when I went to one of his concerts, my teacher was there. I'm like, dude, Joe, what's up? He's like, oh, holy crap, how do you know him? I'm like, I'm dating his daughter. Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's weird. Small world kind of a situation. Um, but yeah, you know, it's concerts. It's It's got to a point where I, I have to go to at least one a year. I, I mean... It, at the rate I've been going, it's been at least two or three a year, but I, I just, I can't go without seeing one just because watching these shows just gives me that idea. Like I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> oh, here's one concert. I went to of a local band. I don't know if they're still together, but at the time they were called silver safe. The jam band that I had back in high school, the guy that played bass for us, this is the band that he went on to tour with for a while. I think they maybe released one record. I don't remember what kind of music they were just rock kind of, kind of emo rock. Um, they were great. And it was really awesome to see him up on stage. Like this is the guy that we, he was hanging out with us. Like, dude, you should pick up a bass guitar and learn how to play. Cause the, the music teacher in high school had a bass guitar in her room. So he'd grab that and just start fucking around with it. Led to him buying his own bass guitar, led to him becoming part of a band, <laughs> an actual real band. I remember when that happened too, he came up to us. He's like, these guys want me to play with them. Are you guys okay with that? I'm like, dude, go fucking do it. When are you going to get an opportunity like this? And they ended up, I think touring the West coast. They actually opened for power man 5,000 quite a few times and became pretty tight with them. I mean, it was pretty cool. And then eventually he hung it up. You know, he wanted the, the simple life of getting married and, doing the nine to five, I guess. Um, which is great. It works for him. It's what he wanted to do, but you know, he, he lived it for a little bit in, in the show, so to speak. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how popular they got. I, I always thought it was cool. They were touring with power man 5,000 for a small leg and 
it was always kind of cool just to be like, yeah, I, I birthed you. <laughs> not, not like, like reminding him of that, you know, don't forget where you came from kind of a thing. But it was just kind of cool to see this, this is somebody that I helped get to this point. You know, it's, it, it, I, I don't believe for a second that he wouldn't have gotten there without me, but it was just cool to see. Good times. Good times. All right. Well, so much for a short episode, huh? <laughs> um, if you like this show. Okay. So this is the weird thing. Some people can find me on iTunes and some can't. I, I think you have to like search for it via the RSS feed and then you can get it, which is stupid. So I'm going to try and, and figure that out within the next few days. But uh, in the time being, please bear with me. If you want to listen to the show, which hopefully you've already found it but if you want to recommend it for other people tell them to go to my facebook page uh, which is facebook.com forward slash d effect pod all one word and i every time a new episode comes out i drop it right there bam there it is it also uploads directly to stitcher and when it uploads you can find it on podcast addict too so i mean it's it's out there there are ways to hear it it's just I guess you can't search for delayed effect on iTunes right now and find it. And I don't know why I try and go and submit the show to iTunes and it says this show has already been submitted. Well, where the fuck is it? (laughs) So I'm going to have to contact technical support and see what's going on with that. But for the time being, um, please, if you're recommending the show to anybody, or if you want to try and find a consistent way to watch or watch it, consistent way to listen to it, just, Use one of the other avenues, and until then, you can go to podcast.com and find the show, too, and there's a little uh, media player right there you can listen to. Or, if it's updating properly, shows.tangentboundnetwork.com. That's pretty cool, because Mark's an awesome dude with an ego worthy of my excessive stroking ability. Yeah. All right, well, that about wraps up Chapter 4 of the show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, when the time comes, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Add to your favorites. You know the drill. Spread the word. And thank you for listening to Delayed, Delayed. Effect. Effect. Effect.